0: Hey, it's me, Jake. Hi. Yeah, it's... Hello, I'm here. And I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. It's... Uh, hey, I know what episode it is. It's episode 180. It's an episode that ends with a zero, so that's... That's exciting. I, I do get that there's been some bonus ones, so really, it's, it's impossible to... It's impossible to know a lot of things, but uh, we're just doing our best. We're just doing our best to understand the world and understand each other and figure out each... We're on the same team. I just realized that a short time ago. How about that? I, and I, I I realize I owe a lot of you an apology. Um, we're on the same team, it turns out, trying to get through this together. So thanks for listening. It's episode 180. Uh, I've got a lot of places that I'm going, and that's the whole point of this, is to connect with you so you can come see me, the places that I'm going. But this week is a great episode because my guest, I bumped this up. I was going to save it for later. But I realized uh, the Melbourne Comedy Festival deadline f- to express intent is coming up. If you're interested in going to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, where I went this year, 2015, if you're interested in going in 2016, you've got to express your intent, not just to yourself at night when you're going to sleep. You've got to tell them that's what you want to do. And that's coming up October 1st. So this week's guest is uh, my friend Laura Milky Gardner and she is going to be uh talking about um producing comedy festival shows for the Melbourne Comedy Festival show, show. she produced my show what adam adam hill's produced my show and uh, i i love adam and uh, he couldn't be there for the whole time so he hired a day-to-day producer and that was laura and she and i have become friends and she's agreed to be on the podcast and so we internationally uh connected on the international internet and we recorded a conversation so i'm going to get to that in a minute but just in just in case you're not here for that and you're here for me me jake um come see me in seattle come see me in des moines uh iowa where I was born, Iowa Come see me in Denver, Colorado I'm going to be in Levittown, Long Island I'm going to be on uh, The um, the Melrose the Melrose Improv in Hollywood And uh, I'm coming to Chicago I'm coming to San Francisco You can see Irvine, Tacoma, Washington For New Year's Eve All those are on my website, JakeThis.com Go and visit that, JakeThis.com Come and tweet at me At This. Watch me on all of the other things That you can watch me on click on things go to my website jakethis.com, click on the amazon link and then go to amazon and buy some things and i get a kickback that's how you could help me if you if that's if you're assuming you're already buying things on amazon and of course you can download my specials and blah 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 anyway um my guest this week Laura uh it was great to talk to her and uh i i wanted to put this conversation out there so anyone who might be thinking I want to go to Melbourne next year. This is going to give you a little bit of, hopefully, some inspiration and some knowledge. And uh, best of luck. You can contact her. She tells you how in here. Um, I've looked at her website, which is not completely up that she mentions, uh, milky.com.au, but that's coming soon. And she's also got another place that you can go, uh, Artist Boot Camp. But I'm not sure that that's... She didn't officially mention that. But if you Google her... Uh, you'll find that. And so without further screwing around, I would love to, I would love to goof off right now. I would, I believe me, I'd like to descend into a lot of tangents. I have a lot of things going on. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm resisting temptation and, uh, it's not easy because I only have a certain amount of willpower. We all do. We all have a certain amount of willpower and, uh, so I'm resisting that to get to this. So here we go. I'm going to play the music and then it's going to be me talking to Laura. I hope you enjoy it and I'll I'll speak with you at the end. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do some tangents at the end. How how's that? How's that? And then feel free to eat all the ice cream you want during this.
1: Well, how have you been? I've been really well. I've been, uh, look, you know, knowing me, I've, I've been stupidly busy. And you know what? I actually hate answering that question in terms of saying you're stupidly busy. And I shouldn't have actually done that because um, everyone's busy. You know what I mean? Like everyone, everyone's got lots going on and one person's busy is another person's not so busy. So it's just one of those things. I've got a very big capacity to work and I just, and I guess I love what I do. So I just keep, doing it uh, amongst also raising three children under five.
0: <laughs> oh my god I know that that's the thing that's <laughs> unbelievable to me about you that when I when I said hey okay let's schedule this thing can you do it it's, you know it works good for me two in the afternoon here because my daughter comes home from school at one you've got three kids over there that you're trying to figure out you said you'd be up easily by seven in the morning which it is there for you now but you texted me yeah. back when I texted you it, it was 4 30 in the morning to you
1: Yeah, but I was feeding the baby, so I just saw the text there and went, yep, all good. And then I woke up in the morning like, you should not be awake now. It's like, yeah, you know what it's like. Like, my my youngest is eight months old, so, you know, that means no sleep or, or sporadic sleep. Sometimes she sleeps through, sometimes she doesn't. So I've just kind of, you know... Um, resolve myself to the fact that I just don't sleep and won't sleep for a long time, and I think also having kids close together, it's made it. I'm a bit match fit, you know. I kind of understand it now. It's not. It's not. It's not the shock of the first one. It's like okay, yep, yep. Let's just let's just roll with this now. Let's just go with it.
0: Well, you, you in the trenches, you, don't you?
1: Yeah, with that absolutely. many kids,
0: I mean, it's just something's going to go wrong, and you just have to ad- allow that and then adjust.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've just, it's its a weird kind of, well, with, like the jump from one to two was, I mean, it is always big, but then it becomes manageable. But you, I found a pattern with the fir- with the first two to kind of, you know, I got them sorted or got dinner sorted and I'm like, okay, one, two, good. And then I just had that kind of, just that moment to sort of sit down or do something or log onto log on the computer. But now that gap, then the baby wakes up. So it's like I never kind of quite get that gap until much later in the night now. So that that's the tricky thing, I think, with three.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. We are making you out. tired. We are. <laughs> that at one. No, I'm already tired, and I just have one kid. But I'm a bit. I've already had a couple bigger birthdays than you, um, so I'm, I'm going to take that as my handicap. And then are, are you are you going to be producing any shows this year at uh, Melbourne?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, for comedy festival. Yeah. Uh, for next year, I... Yes, yeah, so well, at the moment, like in Melbourne, this is the time to be looking through um, uh, for shows or sort of starting to book in stuff because all the registrations happen for what's kind of, you know, lightly dubbed the, the festival kind of season in, in Australia uh, for next year. So there's a couple of festivals that happened before, Melbourne International Comedy Festival that comedians... Uh, get into, which is uh, Perth Fringe World, which happens between sort of January and February. Then there's Adelaide Fringe Festival, which is like the second biggest fringe festival in the world. Um, Then there's a smaller curated uh, festival uh, in Brisbane. There's Brisbane Comedy Festival. And then there's Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which is March, April. So all the registration, all the setup for that all happens in the September to november the year before so i'm right in the thick of it at the moment of working out what shows i'm producing what i'm taking on how much i'm taking on um and what's kind of um uh you know being planned well answer your question i'm not i'm not sure yet what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) but you're
0: but you're about to be sure
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, exactly. It's sort of, it's a bit of, it's a bit like a game of Tetris. I've also got a couple of shows that I've already got programmed at, depends on when this comes out, I probably can't mention it yet because it's embargoed, but one, at one of the major arts festivals. So, as well as fringe festivals happening at the start of last, start of next year, it gets so confusing because you're sort of working a year and a bit ahead. Um, uh, there's also major arts festivals in uh Perth, Sydney and Adelaide uh which are you kind of higher level arts festivals. So I've got a couple of shows programmed in there as well. So that's those, um that's a definite.
0: Are those performing are those arts? What? Are they performing
1: arts? Yeah, so one's a theatre piece and one's a cabaret.
0: Wow. Yeah, well you sound busy. Well, I'm new to I'm sort of new to this uh, festival. We're certainly new to the Melbourne Comedy Fest, where uh, I was last year. And then I was emailing Adam to, to say, look, I'm not sure what's going on for this year, what's going on with you. And then he emailed me back right before we were about to talk and I was online and I saw, oh, the deadline to express intent in Melbourne is October 7th. So I need to decide if I, what I intend, what do I intend? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, before I decide. I was
1: actually going to talk to you about that. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, do you thinking what, about it, It's the 7th of October that is the deadline for International. So, like, I don't work, obviously, for Comedy festivals, so I'm an independent producer um, but have been uh, producing work for for Comedy Festival for 17 years or something like that. So I know a little bit uh, about it. But, yeah, for International Comics, it's the 7th of October that you need to um, put in an expression of interest um, to the artistic director to say, look, this is what I'm thinking about doing, so... Yeah, you better get your skates on if you're coming back, and I hope you are. Well,
0: I, I Just want quietly. To, I intend to want to. The desire is there. So in that sense, uh, my intent is strong. The only uh, question marks for me really are. Uh, it was it was quite a long trip to be away from my family last year, and uh, and so I'm trying to think is is there. Does it make any sense to do less than a full festival run? Would it be better to come in 2018 when I could do a, a full run as opposed to hurry back in 2017? What kind of momentum would you lose? But just listening to you talk, the, the first question, I, because people are listening to this because they may be deciding that they want to try it too. So while you're thinking about the two things that I just said, also think about the difference between a festival produced act and what you do.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, well, I'll answer the first question. I mean, it really, it it really comes down to your why. Like, what? Why do you want to come and and do the festival again? I think if you haven't been here before, I mean, your why might be just to, you know. Try doing um, stuff in a in Australia. Try doing stuff in a new market. Um, uh, be able to meet some new contacts. Be able to you know see what sort of audiences we have over here. So that's a that's a good enough why. Um, if you've been here before, then you, you're you are obviously going to build on reputation um, if you plan it right. And you know you had a reasonably good season last year. You can there, we've we've got names of in emails and people that know you so um there is a, uh, i've seen many a comic that have have done you know a number of shows every year and, and built up a really great audience over time um so from that point of view it really comes down to your why and then also working out <laughs> the cost of it as well um because like obviously when you're traveling interstate interstate or so into um internationally Your costs are going to be high and especially when you're coming out to australia like as we said you know we're four days behind or whatever or four days in front um it's you know it's a massive it's a massive time um uh uh to to travel across but also the cost of of international travel and then also accommodation and and all the rest of it so your your costs and budget are already up there before you even start
0: Right, you're trying to make back your plane ticket, and you're trying to make back your accommodation. Those are those are things that I think are pretty easy for people to to figure out if they're thinking about coming. But yeah. then, then you get into okay, you, you say to the festival, "I'm an international act, and I I would like I I I would like to express an intent." And then what happens?
1: Well, I believe. Um, I mean. As I said, I don't work for Comedy Festival, but I believe they they have a look at um, at who's coming. Um, in terms of the Comedy Festival uh, producing, um, Susan Proven's the festival director, so she she's kind of out scouting all year round um, for different acts. So I'm not sure, and as I said, I, I, I want to just disclose, you know, not working for Comedy Festival, I'm not sure whether any of those expressions of interest that she picks up any of those or might see hmm, that might be interesting and we might produce that. That may happen sometimes. Um, other times it would be her um, or, you know, the, the group of people kind of looking at other acts around the world, at Edinburgh and ev- everything else or other acts that they've had before and asking them back to be part of the, the comedy festival. Um, so I think either way, I think throwing your hat into the ring is a, is a good thing if you're even thinking about it because uh, at least it's in there and it's in the mix and then you know, you can kind of see what happens from there.
0: Right. And then if yeah, I'm assuming if the festival brings you over as a festival produced act, then they put together some kind of package, an offer where they say, look, we'll, we'll pay you your accommodation and your airfare and this much f- for the run, and then we'll handle everything else. Is that, that's how they do it, I, I'm guessing. Correct. I see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then... I was a bit different last year because my my lovely friend, perhaps the person who's done the kindest thing for me uh, ever in my life, aside from family members and and my wife, I'd include her in that. Um, Adam Hills brought me over, so I was a little bit uh, kind of blissfully unaware of the how how it all works. So. That's what I was hoping that you could enlighten me on and, and enlighten people who might be listening to who, who might be thinking, oh, OK, I'd like to go do that. I understand how to figure out what my plane ticket costs. I understand how to figure out what my airfare costs. And then what does someone like Adam do or, or more specifically, what does someone like you do if 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 someone was coming there and they didn't have a benefactor like Adam, who was basically giving me the, the festival type experience? But well,
1: here, yeah, Yep. Yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, a- absolutely. He, well, see, so, I mean, I-, I love that you were blissfully unaware. I think that was, I think that's great <laughs> in terms of you just didn't have to, <clears throat> excuse me, you didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And that's kind of my favourite position to be in as a producer to, to go, don't worry about that stuff, just do what you do and do that well. Yeah? And you do that stuff and we'll do the rest of it. So, Adam, um produced you in terms of he took the risk he he um he bankrolled it he he did all that for you um so he could bring you out which is amazing and and awesome and 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 great that you could then have that experience <clears throat> sorry i need more water yeah well, why. Why don't, why don't i've you, been up early
0: yeah why don't you take a little drink and i'll talk for just one second <laughs> um But yeah, it was great that he brought me over, and it was great because um, basically I didn't have to worry about those things. But as a comedian who's been doing it for 30-some years, I mean, I can look out and see how big the crowd is and see how much tickets cost and understand the basic math of it, but the day-to-day of how it works. It was nice not to have to be sweating it every time. And then when you earlier said, uh, oh, you had a fairly good run – I, I sort of know what that means, but I don't really understand exactly what it would be like coming back. And I basically sent Adam an email saying, look, I'd love to come back, but I, I'm not sure that I want to be a, a, too much of a financial burden. So, you know, I think we could adjust our deal, he and I. I would definitely love to have his support and and, and weight behind the show. But as far as walking away with... Um, dollars you know i feel like that i'm really i'm i'm ready to consider taking more of that risk on but but that's what i was hoping to talk to you about is is what does that entail how do the costs break down and when when someone says to you okay um laura i've got uh i've expressed my intent they said great um come on down get a venue we'll put you in the program w- what happens
1: yeah yeah yeah. so um yeah so, basically, the the breakdown of that is um, – so, I'm going to talk in Australian dollars. Do you want to con- quickly convert for
0: <laughs> – Well, I think people can – I think people can just – Can
1: work it yeah, out, just yeah. Just kind
0: of look right – figure right down your dollars, your Australian dollars, and convert to American dollars. And, listen, it changes – It's going
1: to work out day. better for Americans. And than- Yeah, exactly right. So um, – to do, I mean, the the, the festival itself is is non curated in the sense that if you can find a venue and you can pay your registration, you can be part of the festival. So that's so you can go anywhere within um, Melbourne uh, if you've got a, a venue. However, um, the festival itself runs what's called, and most festivals do in Australia, runs called um, uh, festival manage venue. Uh, and those applications um, also close on the seventh of October, uh, which is interesting as well. Uh, so they have um, the festival itself program some of the main hubs in Melbourne. So that's the Melbourne Town Hall, which it has is which is in the centre of Melbourne and has a number of different rooms within that. Uh, and then there's other uh satellite venues around melbourne um down at federation square which is just you know central to the city as well and 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 other venues around um around that kind of hub so they're kind of what's called hub venues and you've got a number of shows in that venue and performers quite like that because then you've you've got audiences you know in and around there and there's a bit of a Bit of a vibe happening and you know it can work out quite well however those festival managed venues are really sought after um, and they're quite hard to get so you've got to p- apply for them and then the festival look at that and um, and pick what would be the best ones in that in that kind of venue so if you're sort of outside of the festival-managed venue, you need to then source your own independent venue. There is a couple of kind of off-site uh, producers and venue um, venue producers that do run independent venues so that, that do do that as well. Um, and you can find some of that information on the Comedy Festival website itself. Um, and I'll also say too, if anyone's listening, I'm more than happy for people to email me. Like if any American comics are like, I just don't understand this. I kind of want... Uh, a bit of an inside, a bit of an inside guide on this because, especially, I think that's paramount when you're traveling internationally, especially doing festivals. You need someone on the ground that knows this stuff. Otherwise, you might go pick a venue. You might go, "That's great," and then you get here and go, "Oh, that's like, uh, you know, so far from anything that this is going to be so hard to get people to come." Right. So right. it's it's.
0: Yeah. It was, well, I was going to say the the place where I was the Greek Center was terrific. Festival managed, and I really enjoyed the the space of the theater thing. But when I would walk down and and see shows at the town hall, it was really obvious that that was the place where. Everybody is kind of circulating, and you have a chance to get a little bit of, I saw a show, now I'm going to go see this other show next door. I, I was in on Thursday and saw a show, but then I'm going to come back next Thursday or Friday and see this other show that was right across the hall that someone told me about. So you kind of get an advantage in that venue that, you know, just because there was only four um, spaces where they were doing shows in my venue, there wasn't as much of that. There wasn't as much of that going on.
1: No, and that and that can be tricky. Um, it's you know, and it really just depends on the festival sometimes, and like the year. Like sometimes that those kind of venues can go off. Sometimes they can be a bit quieter. It just mm. it's there's no kind of rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes, um, of course, as I said, you know, the Melbourne Town Hall is 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 um, always the kind of mecca, purely because it's it's right smack bang in the middle of Melbourne and it's got the most venues um uh for artists so that's really the the main reason for it um so in terms of like what it costs like a a festival so registration is five hundred dollars Uh, And then your venue, if you're in a festival managed venue, and again, prices change from year to year, and this is all determined by Comedy Festival itself. But you're looking anywhere between, you know, maybe three, three and a half thousand dollars for um, maybe a 40 seater um, or, you know, 3000 or something like that um, to up to 8000 you know, that might be for a, a much bigger 150-plus seater theatre or venue. Um, and that's usually for a four-week run. Mm-hmm. Again, I've got to be kind of pretty transparent with those prices because I don't determine those prices and it changes every year. But I think if you're doing a budget, you'd be – I reckon I would just probably over <laughs> – over uh, 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 deliver in terms of you know maybe putting down even four or five thousand dollars for a venue you know if it comes in under that then it's a bonus but I'd be probably saying you know five thousand for a venue uh, five hundred for your festival registration so you're already up to five and a half thousand Australian dollars before you've even done anything right before you 've done you know uh, hired um, someone to help you produce it if that 's what you wanted to do or you know assist in that kind of project management stuff or if you want to hire a publicist so um, or you know any other advertising so the average kind of show for comedy festival without any real bells or whistles probably costs around ten ten thousand dollars now
0: to by the time you pay for your the four to five for the venue, and then you hire a producer and a publicist. Now you're up to 10.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's, and then you make your money back based on you sell your tickets. And then I'm guessing that you get a hundred percent of the ticket price and then you pay your expenses out of that. Is that how it goes?
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And, you know, I mean, a lot of, uh, again, it, it sort of comes back to that question. I was sort of asking, that sort are of saying before about it's it's all about your why and, and in terms of if you're going in going, I'm going to make shitloads of money and I'm going to, you know, recoup this because you can do, you know, I do a number of spreadsheets and I do cost analysis and box office analysis on whenever I'm producing a show to kind of go, okay, here are the costs here. here Here's what we'll charge for tickets. Let's break that down. Let's have a look at what we could make across the season, whether it's a two week season, whether it's a four week season. So for me, being producer and holding the money, I make the the, the decision on. Well, if we do a four week season, we've got a better better rate of you know maybe making a uh, a bigger cut. Uh, but then, of course, we've got more expenses because if our um, if our show isn't going well, I'm going to have to throw more into advertising to you know marketing and that kind of stuff. So, I kind of work out all those um, parameters to kind of make the to make the decision. Uh, or make a more informed decision on paper to sort of see how it might play out, um, which is which is hugely important. That And also that comes down to, you know, do we charge, what do we charge for tickets? You don't want to be too cheap. You never want to be too cheap. Sometimes comics think, I'll oh, go cheaper because people will get into that. But it's funny, people don't, often want to go for the cheaper show right yeah because i think it's not good enough well when i was (laughs) it's sort of a funny mentality when
0: i was looking at ticket prices uh well let's before we get to ticket prices so i just wanted to kind of go back one step a little so if you're talking about if you're talking about spending five grand or fifty five hundred for your venue and your registration and the total value is ten grand then we're talking about another four or five grand and i'm assuming that's roughly is that half and half between your producer and your publicist or is that the?
1: it really depends it really depends on 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 who you get um i mean uh, for me as i said if i'm producing a shine i'm taking the risk then um I, i'm taking the risk on the shine then there'll be a payment out to the artist if there's anything left from the box office but i've also taken the risk on the show so the artist doesn't have to pay anything oh you're say, um, when you say saying you which
0: is when you say you're taking the risk you're 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 saying i'm going to make this fee and you can have what's left after that but if we don't make our money back i'm going to pay everything i pay all the expenses
1: oh no if i'm producing it i will pay all the expenses um, depend. I mean, th- this, look, <laughs> with producing, there's there's so many different ways that this could happen. The artist could pay back some of the expenses. You could do a 50-50 split on expenses. The producer could take the full risk on the show. I see. Um, so the artist doesn't have to pay anything. Um, you could do a profit share where, you know, maybe the producer pays for all the upfront costs so the artist doesn't have to, but then um, whatever is left on the box office... After expenses are paid, the profit could get split. Um, there's also another scenario where a producer could come on board and be more of a project manager, so the artist then is paying um, them a fee to to be able to kind of manage all this. But in that scenario, this is where the word producer, I think, gets very muddied because uh, the... If they're hiring a producer to do that but paying them a fee, technically that person's not actually the producer. The artist is the producer because they're taking the risk. Yes, I see.
0: Well, I was confused about that as well because obviously mm. in my case last year, Adam was taking the risk. Um, so he was the producer. So he was the producer. But but when we were just earlier talking about cost before I asked that question – I had sort of assumed that uh, it would be me writing the check for the venue and the registration and all of this, so if you're the person who's producing in that sense producing and taking the risk, then you really need to be convinced ahead of time that you're booking something that you're going to be able to make your money back on, aren't you?
1: Yeah, and that's where that's where a keen producer eyes is really important and believe me like i've taken on acts before where i've have produced the show and i've gone yeah all right i reckon i can see something here let's do it and then it hasn't worked out quite as i'd hoped <laughs> <laughs> And I've gone. Ah, oh, well, that's you know a lesson learned. And you know in the early days, it's like, yeah, my credit cards going up and up and up. Um, th- thankfully, I don't use credit cards to now. Produce shows anymore, but um, a lot of artists, you know, do. But yeah, that's that is. It 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 takes um, when you're taking the risk on someone else. You're it's it's an investment. So anyone that gets produced um, when. Someone else is saying, "I really think your stuff's great, and I reckon it has to be seen, and they're willing to invest in that money like that's that's awesome that's a that's a magic scenario
0: yeah, yeah, well <laughs> this now now it's it's getting a little more clear to me about what's going what's going on in the whole thing, so when you say the ten k to produce the show, what you're really talking about is you're taking the risk and it's going to get to the The receipts of the dorg have to get to 10K, ten k ten thousand dollars before the performer whose show you're producing is going to see any money that's that's basically right. correct,
1: and the thing is like I mean I mean look there'd be people listening to this that go ten k oh, God I could do it for seven you know it's like well, it's kind of how long's a piece of string and in terms of um, especially with marketing or advertising, you know, I do speak, I work a lot with independent artists. So I sort of say to them, well, what's your budget for advertising or marketing? And they're like, well, what's zero plus zero? Like, I've got nothing, but I want, I desperately want to do this show. So there's some really great, you know, grassroots uh, ways of being able to market stuff, but you're only going to get so far with that. So again, it kind of, y- you kind of have to work out, well, how much of an investment am I willing to make on myself? How much investment am I willing to risk to, you know, push that through? Because um, if no one knows about your show or you're getting low numbers, it's, it can be really tricky as, you know, as, as you've kind of seen throughout the festival, you can have great nights and you can have really slow nights. You know, it's, right. it also just depends on the year. It depends on what's going on, um, you know, with audiences in the world, you know, it just some some years, just at festivals, it just has a it's a killer year, and it's just everyone's up for saying stuff. Other times, it can just be really super slow, and no producer anywhere can have a magic crystal ball and say, right, okay, if you can do these five things, you will always sell out, you will always make your money back, you'll always do this, and if any producer ever says that to you, run far far away because <laughs> no one can no one can prove that to you um but i guess um teaming up with a producer that has done stuff before or knows the festival or um knows you know what's going on is going to put you in a bit better stead to be able to navigate that much easier um if you are going it solo and don't know that said person or know of that person um, then it's it's doing the research as much as much as possible and even calling the festival like the festivals here in australia are amazing especially comedy festival if any artist in america is thinking about doing melbourne comedy festival like actually call them and ask them these questions they will put you in touch with people will be able to kind of give you some information like that's what they're there to do as well so never be afraid to to ask those questions because you know, question you know, knowledge is is power in terms of getting you the most information to be able to kind of make that informed decision of are you, you know, are you coming or not?
0: But your big expenses then uh, beyond your venue are going to be your publicists, your advertising, and um, and those, like you say, you can spend as much or <laughs> as little as you want. But if you the more you go cheap, the less chance you are going to get people to attend but it sounds like if you're an overseas act and you're trying to come uh, you either can try and get the festival to produce your show which it seems like from earlier what you were saying is uh you're requesting that as a as an international act is not really the way that they find their who they're going to produce they're out there already kind of beating the bushes and looking around and Um, maybe in my case, since I'd been there last year and they had seen me, it might be something that they'd be interested in, but, but much more likely, uh, someone like me would be looking for someone like you or someone like Adam to, to, to take the risk on them. And what goes into them convincing you? Like, like, let's say I said, Oh, Laura, you know, you love me. You know who you're going to love is this friend of mine. How then do you decide if you're going to take him on or her on?
1: It's, well, I mean, thank God and, and not <laughs> that we have YouTube and we have things like that. Like, w- why I say that is I think I think it's great that comics can put stuff on YouTube, but I also think it's detrimental that comics can put things on YouTube because sometimes there's things on there that, you know, I might Google and look at and go... Oh, that's terrible! But they're like, oh no, that wasn't meant to be up there. Like that was the worst set that I had, or someone had filmed it, or whatever, you know. But I mean, you can go through official channels. They'll have their own websites. will be able to send you stuff. So it's a look. It's a bit of it's it's a bit of uh, uh, recommendations are definitely good because I know you, and if you recommend someone, I would I would take that as a you know as a tick of approval. Um, And then I'd have to just speak to that person and have a look and uh, have a look at their stuff and then really assess whether it's going to work. And for me, like I've been doing it so long now that, and also just getting a bit older, like I'm just no bullshit. (laughs) I just have to call it how it is and it's not being harsh. Um, You know, it's not being about their work. I just have to say, look, this just is not a fit for me Um, and I can't take something on that I don't see um, how I could produce it or promote it um, and I have to be completely upfront and fair to the artist in doing that and I'd much rather have those conversations right from the start and go okay um, I just I can't see how this is you know how I would would promote this or we've got a number of similar acts here um, but what I also do because I, I I care about artists and I care about work that I will try to at least get them to talk to someone else um that might be interested or might it might be more of their bag or you know trying arm them with some more information so at least they've got somewhere else to go right right well and but it's tricky
0: so so just to go back to a little bit of the mathematics of it all to give to give comedians an idea of okay so the producer you are looking to make back your ten thousand dollars that the thing costs, which includes your fee. So you could make, if, if the if the show makes less than that, you're still not losing money, except for your time that you've spent working on it. But uh, that all comes from ticket prices. And so I'll say what I know, which is that the festival run is 22 shows, when you're talking about a full run, um, and the ticket price, in my case, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was around 22 $25, was that, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah that sounds right okay and uh i didn't make your yeah yeah i didn't i wasn't actually in on the the ticket prices because as i said i wasn't producing i was just helping helping adam um yeah but that that sounds about right yep
0: so if you were bringing in a new act someone like well now you've seen me (laughs) but if you (laughs) pretend that i'm a guy who you've just decided now that you'd like to bring over what would you charge for tickets to see my show
1: um so I was just looking at your ticket prices you're you were twenty seven dollars oh, twenty seven dollars fifty
0: i've under i've undervalued <laughs> myself
1: you have many artists do and they shouldn't do that no. um look to be honest that that's probably a, about spot on the best way to determine ticket prices is to look at the previous season to so the previous year's festival um and they're all online and just You know, have a look at the comics. So if there's any comics that you know in Australia, like, oh, yeah, I know Will Anderson or I know um, Dave Hughes or someone like that, Um, you might go, okay, well, what what are they charging? And Mm. all right, well, I'm coming over and no one knows me. So if they're charging that much, then I might go this much. And it's sort of – you've sort of got to work it a bit on on par. Um, So I think 27 for you was about right for this year. It might then, you know, increase – Slightly, um, if you come out next year, but then you know, it might only be a couple more dollars. But then it really works out in the budget to really kind of drill down. Well, if I charge this much, I'm going to get this much, but if I increase it by another $1.50, it might work out, you know, or obviously it's going to work out a little bit more. So when you're completely unknown in Australia, I'd probably be going – I mean, most independent artists who have a little bit of a profile kind of sit between 23 and and $25 in Australia. Mm. So
0: – Well, and, and so I just want to now kind of add some information in terms of America when, when – I'm talking about the ticket price to come and see me if I'm just working in a regular comedy club, not a not a theater show or not some bigger thing. If it's just a week at a comedy club and and this depends on the economy in the US, but but some clubs are giving away tickets, but often if people are paying for a ticket, they'd be paying somewhere between 10 would be super low, but but realistically, you know, between 12 and and $20 American to see a comedy show in a comedy club that would be an opening act doing 15 minutes and then a second act doing 25 minutes and then me going on and doing an hour at the end. So the price that you're talking about for for the, these festival shows in Australia is higher even when you adjust for the currency uh, i think a little bit than than what people would be paying for tickets in america and and that's one of the feelings that i really liked about doing the festival is that the people who are there to see your show are there to see your show they want to see what you have to offer they're patient they're attentive they paid their ticket price and they really want to want to see what you've brought them and that was a really great feeling and and you know when I talk about undervaluing myself as an artist I I feel like that was one of the things that I really took away from the comedy festival there not that I feel like I've got a self-esteem problem but it was just really nice to be in an atmosphere where where comedy was was a cool thing and it was valued and everybody in the city was excited to see this show and the other show and and one of the best things for me, was not just doing my show, but because I had a 7.15 show time, which I would definitely, <laughs> that's where I, I want to be next time, because then I could go see two shows after my show, because the pressure was off for the evening. I saw 37 shows, Laura, and and some great... I know. Some, you, you, you were a gun. Well, I was into it. And I mean, that's also part of my, when you talk about my, your why, part of my why, was to was to connect to hobnob with my fellow wizards, and you know, I both David Quirk, who I saw because of you, and Zoe Coombs Mar, who I saw because of you, were were not only such great performers and put on shows that I really enjoyed. It was just a pleasure to get to know them.
1: Yeah, and that and that. I mean, it was such a joy to be able to take you to um, local. Uh, comedians that I know you would never have heard of uh, and especially Zoe Coombs-Ma uh, who ended up winning the Barry Award um, and um, and the Edinburgh
0: yeah, well, listen, um, I've, Comedy I've, Award I've, as well I begged her to come to LA and I told her that I would absolutely force a busload of my friends to, to come to her show and offer them a money back guarantee but uh, I, I don't know if she has plans to come here but yeah she's just her show is so terrific
1: yeah, it's amazing. But this—I mean, this is the great thing about Melbourne. Melbourne International Comedy Festival has been going. Well, it's thirty years this year, so two thousand and sixteen. And like, really, I've seen over the last five years the um, the the level that in which people are working now is. Leaps and bounds, like people are pulling out some extraordinary shows, like Zoe's, for example. Um, and then going on to do international stuff and killing it. Like, if you look at Edinburgh Festival in the, in the, um, nominee lineup, like half of them were Australian. And I, I honestly attribute that to the comedy festival in terms of them, you know, doing shows there and, and working it out and, and doing stuff. Look, I mean, like any festival, there's still, you know, you're not so great shows, but I think you need to have you not so great shows. you starting out shows um, to, uh, you know, for, someone's got to start somewhere, right? So you're always going to have that kind of pendulum going on a, on a festival, but... Uh, for the ones that have been doing it for a, f- for, for, for a few years um, or even some of the ones that have only been doing it a year but are coming out of the gates and really taking notice of what other people are doing and really honing their work. Like, it's an extraordinary playground for people to kind of come and have a look. I and mean, the other thing too, if you're unsure about doing co- comedy festival or you're like, oh, I always say, if you can or can afford it, like come out and do a recce, you know, come out and and maybe line up some, some gigs um, around town anyway, just some spot gigs, but come out and actually see the festival so you've got a bit of a guide of, of what it is. Or you could just simply throw yourself into it if you can, if you, uh, can take that risk on yourself as well.
0: Yeah, well, it was a real friendly. It was a friendly feeling it, between the other comedian. I mean, I feel like I made so many good friends. I want to come back just to hang out with all my new friends. Um, but uh, to and and I, what you said about the kind of workmanlike artistry that was going on. I mean, everybody was really putting their shoulder into it to 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 do something new, to make some new thing in a way that. You know, there's plenty of people here doing stand-up comedy in the States, which is what mostly I'm, – I'm working in clubs, and, and what I brought down there for the festival was my stand-up act. But after seeing yeah. so many other performers, it really made me feel like, oh, you could do a little something different. You could come down and do – all, you could talk about one topic, or have your show be all about one thing, or you you can perform characters, or I mean, it just was such. It was a real eye-opening experience.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I, well, I think, and I remember you saying that at the time. You were like, "Oh, like they're like show shows, you know? Like there's there's kind of you know there's a there's almost in some cases there's almost like a narrative arc." Um, to to some of them and there was I mean that's been going on quite a while with Comedy Festival and uh, it, it, there's always a, a zeitgeist of, of things that kind of happen in the festivals sometimes it's You know, sometimes it does revert back to more, we just want stand up now. We don't just want, we don't want all the bells and whistles. We just want stand up or sometimes cabaret has a bit more of a a flavor or something else has, or clowning has a bit more of a flavor or what have you. So it it does kind of change from year to year. Um, But it's, yeah, it's interesting that you picked up that. So people don't do that as much in America
0: no well we don't have we we don't have as many opportunities to do something like that i mean the idea of a big festival like that for the sake of doing live shows for an audience i mean that that just doesn't feel like it happens here a bit you know but but there's not an opportunity for the artists to to make any money it's it's usually a chance you can get seen you want to go do that festival to get discovered to get some opportunities to do some other thing as opposed to i'm putting this show on for the sake of this show to to, so that people can see it and i can do it
1: yeah right yeah Um, yeah well that i mean that's interesting so it's it's i mean do you think let me ask you a question do you think you if you did come back would you tailor it more like a show or would you still do Stand up. Does that make sense? Well, yeah.
0: I feel like I have to kind of be honest with myself a little bit about <laughs> my skill set, and so I I would be still doing me doing my talking to the crowd. Your but thing, I think what yeah. I'd like, yeah, yeah. But I'd like, but I'd like to come back with something that was more cohesive and all pointed uh, in one direction, not necessarily, uh, you, but it just took, I feel like I've got a point that I want to make on stage, and I've got some things that I want to talk about, and I've really been working in, on doing my stand-up to take my act in that direction in terms of the new material that I'm adding being about that. But it's, it's interesting because watching the festival acts and talking to people down there doing the festival, it's, to them, you do your, you do your act, your show, for a year, and then you throw it all out and you start with your new show. And whereas my method is much different because I'll start taking chunks out and putting new chunks in. And so what ends up happening in a way, though, is that the new hour, when it finally turns into a completely new hour, is still similar to the old, to the last hour. Because because the the topics that it's connected to, as you're replacing things, you wind up with something that's still structurally similar so that in that said I think I'd like to I'd like to come back and do something a bit different than just a straight stand up show but I I don't know that I would brag that up it, you know I would say look if you saw me before yeah, yeah. you're going to like what I'm doing this time and then have them yeah. have them say to me afterwards oh that was I like what you did about this and that I, I mean uh, it's it's unrealistic, and that's totally to and
1: know. that's totally fine too. Absolutely, and you know, and also, there's <laughs> there's also nothing wrong with great stand-up. Like it's, um, I don't want people to get confused to be like, oh right, so now I've got to have a theme and I've got to do this. Like no, no, no. Like if you're a good stand-up, you're a good stand-up. That's that's great. Go and come, come and do your great stand-up in Melbourne. Like that's perfectly fine. Um, but it's, I just think it's interesting that you noticed um, that there was these type of shows, and, and there is a lot of them too. But it's interesting what you also said too, in terms of people work up these one-hour shows and then dump them and then do the next show. There's a there's a big it's a big thing in Australia that I mean the the amount of content that artists pump out is actually quite extraordinary. And from my point of view too, like people often do a fantastic show, whether it's about a topic or a cabaret show or a comedy theatre show or something like that, and they have a fantastic run during comedy festival, but there's a definite mentality that they do that show in that festival and go, oh, well, that is done. And it's like for me, I kind of go, well, great. Now what are you going to do with it? Oh, well, I'm going to write the next show but you've worked so hard on this show. How about we do this show more? (laughs) You know, and, there's, you know, millions of people in Melbourne, has everyone seen it, you know, and we've got a really big country. How about we tour it and and show Sydney and Perth and Adelaide? Um, Sometimes that comes down to cost uh, that people don't want to tour. But other times, as I said, there is a mentality of like, oh, but I've done it, so I didn't realise I could do it again. Uh, And I think if there's a great show, people are going to want to see it again. And often audiences want to even come back to see it again, because it was such a great show, so it's always interesting that the the, the kind of churn rate I think of creativity um, in Australia is is actually quite high.
0: Yeah, well, I think I, well, this is something that that uh, I think a lot of to- comics in America are talking about it, uh, because we've had Louis C.K. you know who's obviously now internationally famous and Bill Burr, also yeah. to an extent, have taken on this idea of turning over their whole hour. Sometimes in a year but but definitely in that two years time, and for myself, I mean in the past, I'd been considered pr- prolific because I would turn over an hour every every three years. but I still feel like what you're saying is true in the sense that a two year loop to a new hour is is feels much more natural, less rushed, and also gives it gives these ideas time to really fully blossom into. You know their potential, um,
1: yeah, absolutely, that being said, though, it's very rare for someone to do a show um in comedy festival this year and then bring that same show back the following year.
0: No, I do know that about comedy festivals and and it as it would be rare to to come back the next year and say, oh, it's half new <laughs> that that's just <laughs> that's just not that's not on um
1: although although I have seen other comics that have a you know a completely new show title, but then you go into the show and you're like I'm pretty sure I saw most of this last year uh, but yeah or, or there might be a case of you know you might have a, a fantastic sellout show or that show had, had won the major award this year so they might come back next year to do a three night season or something like that like that's just smart producing I think if that's you know th- that kind of thing is fine. Um, but yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's really interesting in terms of, um, like you just said, you were kind of uh, revolutionary in terms of doing it every three years. Australian comics do it every year. It's quite insane. Someone like Will Anderson will write a brand new show every year and he has done for 20 years.
0: Well, it's all about it's all about what you're used to and how things work. You know, here here you'd be touring around, and and like I said, a lot of these comedy clubs they're they're doing business not just on your name. So even though I'm fairly known in the states, if I'm going to do a run in a comedy club where where I'm doing six shows and probably over that week, you know, 1,200 people will be in to see me, or 15 maybe. A, a big percentage of them, two thirds, might have never even heard of me. They're just in because oh, they they saw the ad, or they got a free ticket, or they or they saw they heard me on the radio and then watched a little bit of YouTube and came in. And then the next yeah. year, it's the same percentage. And part of that may be because. Um, there's not there's a great thing to be able to say to a crowd if you liked me last time this is all new stuff so everybody who saw me last time should come back and i feel like that's a mentality that that you don't see as much in the states i mean i i've had people come to shows where they say oh we saw you here 10 years ago and you were great and where have you been and it's like well i've been back here every year (laughs) where have you been where have you been (laughs) so that's right but I found the audiences there, just to kind of circle back a little bit to the point that you were making, I found the audiences, to, to a guy just doing a stand-up show, Just, to, to a person who's doing a stand-up show, me, um, I thought the audiences were very receptive and, and it was just such a nice experience to, to interact with them after the show because I always, always stand by the d- door and say thank you and shake hands and meet people and, and it was just, really, that was another great part of it. You know, I do that here in the States too, and it's a nice experience, but it was very good down there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I really liked how you did that as well. And I think it's a really, I mean, it doesn't work for everyone and that's, and that's totally fine. But I think it's a really great way of actually really meeting your audience. I mean, especially, um, whether you're self-producing or you're getting a producer in, in, involved, like one of the first questions I ask is, well, who is your audience? Who is it? Who who are we marketing to? Who, who likes your stuff? Um, and so a really grassroots way of doing that, of knowing your audience, is going to greet them, you know, either before the show or after. I see a lot of comics do that um, uh, before their shows in Melbourne. Like, they actually stand at the door and go, hi, 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 hi. And then once everyone's in, they then walk up on stage and do it that way. Um, but it's almost, it's a great way of going, all right, well, geez, most of my audience are 40 plus, or gee, I get lots of young, you know, 20-year-olds in, or what, um, you know what what I mean? It's sort of, it's a great way to kind of go, oh, I kind of know who my audience actually is. Well, all
0: right. So now we've talked kind of generally. Now let's get, let's get back to me, Laura. <laughs> um <laughs> suppose suppose I, I because i am this is what i'm wrestling with now i'd love to come back um this year i feel like i i i could rise to the occasion and have a new hour al- although it would be you know as i said a little bit a little bit out of my comfort zone it's faster than i like to do it but i could do it i mean and uh and i could be down there and and i'd love to be down there um optimally in terms of one of the hardest things to me last year was 6 weeks because I was there a week before the festival to do it to do the gala and to kind of do some
1: That's right
0: shows in town and then the 4 weeks of the festival and then I would get a week after in Adelaide which I don't that was way too 6 weeks was too long um but in terms of taking of maximizing the opportunity wanting to I mean my motivation to come back is cuz I really liked being a part of of the festival i don't obviously want to lose money on the trip if if (laughs) if at all possible um but i'm not i'm not trying to get rich um so does it does it feel like a no-no to wait to 2018 to come back fully energized and ready to go does it feel like oh you should really come back and take advantage of what the groundwork that you did last year and uh, and the attendance wise, if you want to build on that, you need to come back in two thousand seventeen. Not wait in thousand eighteen. And
1: uh, what sh- what should I do? <laughs> okay, I look. I, I, to be honest, it, it's. I mean, you know, without throwing it back, I will give you my answer. But without throwing it back to you, it really is. It really is your decision. I and it's only because I've worked with you. I think. To build on that momentum of from this year, I think it would be great for you to come back, and I think you would actually, and it'd be one of those almost a two-year plan to come back 2017 and 2018. I reckon you will see more of the results in 2018 by coming back in 2017 <laughs> to sort of, to, I guess, to build that momentum. Um, but well, that's a good that's you a You know, good I mean, yeah. Um, that, that's what my gut is saying. All right. Um, but then, you know, it, well, it, it just it depends on, on, on so many factors. And then in terms of, like, I, I fully appreciate, you know, six weeks away is a long time, especially when you've got a family. Um, so, I mean, you could definitely shorten that. The comedy festival, as you said, runs 22 nights. So years ago, like, everyone would always do a full run there wasn't kind of such a thing as a half run it just it didn't exist um you could maybe do uh, especially in a festival managed venue they didn't offer that it was only you did the full run that was the run um so a lot of um us people that have been around for a number of years like i'm still kind of quite tuned into it's 22 nights and that's what you do well let me just interrupt you for a second because
0: because i just want to say oh mate i would love to come down (laughs) For 22 shows, I mean, if I had my preference, and I really just wanted to say, "Oh, mate," um, but I would love to come down for the full for the full run. Um, I'm just looking for a way to be able to do that. You know, obviously, you don't want to fly in the night that you're doing your opening show. Obviously, it would be great to do a gala the week before, if it was, you know, especially if it was going to be on tele- a televised thing to help build some momentum towards your show. But um, what are the odds that my daughter can uh, sleep at your house? Because <laughs> I have to bring her along if I'm staying for five weeks.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe a couple of nights, but I've already got three children, so that might be yeah, no. maxed out. Um, yeah, well, the thing is, like, uh, what I was going to say was, so the now they do have two-week seasons, and that's because the festival is increasing, um, uh, you know, a lot over the last couple of years. So we've had, um, like this year it was like 560 shows, which um, compared to Edinburgh is is nothing. But that's big for Melbourne, and we're, it's it's constantly growing. So there's more um, there's more want than there is um, capacity for venues. So um, I think if you're in Australia doing a two week season is is definitely something to consider for some artists um but there's kind of always a push pull of going well but if it's just kind of lifting off in that 2 week mark and then i stop then that's kind of i wish i had have done the extra extra time for you or anyone coming from interstate um sorry i say interstate sorry international um i think you're mad if you don't do the full run like you've paid all this money to yeah. come out um, it sort of seems a bit of a shame to, to just do two weeks. You might as well just throw your hat in and do the four weeks, so you could i mean there 's galas happening just before um, you would open so you you could kind of squeeze it down to four weeks mm. you 'd literally have to fly out the last you know um, after the last night um, but you could do it
0: well the other option the other option I think would be to have some kind of have my family come down and do a little b- b- prison visit <laughs> to uh, to see me down there in the middle of the run or to come down for a bit of time. Or, you know, my wife did suggest, oh, come down and maybe maybe our daughter could... You know, attend a school down there or something, but then that turns into a whole other, you know, trying to do your shows at night and make sure your kid is set up and dealt with. But uh, so those are
1: all yeah, right yeah. Those are all
0: big questions yeah. that I've got. But uh, as far as as far as wanting to come down 2017, I do, and I feel like I want to more now than before we started this conversation. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, um, <laughs> you your sphere of in- influence extends to America now. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so I've got to go have a difficult conversation with my wife, <laughs> and then see what's possible.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, this is the tricky thing when you've, you know, when you, I mean, you obviously do a lot of traveling around in the states, but it would only be well, max. Couple of nights or a week? Would that be correct? Yeah, well, that's how that's how it
0: works here. It's interesting because as much as yeah. I'm curious about how things go at festivals, I also realize I know something that you don't know, which is uh, the way the way it goes here. So, my life, my career, the last—I'm
1: sure you know many things that I don't know, Jake. Oh, well,
0: but for the last thirty years, I've been going on the road here, and it's—I've settled into a routine where I'll go out and do two comedy clubs. A month, and that'll be a weekend, which'll which'll range from you know sometimes you fly in on Thursday and you fly home on Sunday, and sometimes you fly in a home in on Wednesday and you come home on Monday. But generally, it's four or five nights, um, so I'm on the road twice a month doing that. So ten nights out of town in the month. But, but yeah, the, the longest I'd be gone would be those, those nights or, or maybe a week if it was tied to something else, seven nights and then I'd be home. So it's really unusual for me to be gone the length of time that I was gone. I feel like that was another thing that I learned from Melbourne is, man, I, I really love my wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, Wives are awesome. I actually said the other day that I need a wife. I need a wife to do what I do. That's what I need.
0: Oh, well, that's a bit sexist. I mean, I guess I should have said I love my spouse, maybe, because uh, don't you... F-
1: no, 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 I know what you mean, of course.
0: Is your husband not enough of a wife to you?
1: No, my husband actually is very amazing. It's just, it's just you know, being a mum and being a working mum, it's just, it's just is. You know, my husband goes out to work and I look after three kids and i work from home people say oh you work from home that's amazing that's great with kids it's like are you friggin' mental that is mental with kids so it's just that you know
0: yeah well try and swing. work try and work with three monkeys just if you don't understand children just pretend there's three monkeys loose in your house <laughs> how much work correct are you get they're done?
1: often under the desk yeah they're busy you know, and, they're, they're, sitting on the and desk. they're hungry
0: and they want whatever you're doing I they want know. to do that
1: boring yeah. Yeah, boring. You know, they don't understand that I need. Yeah, they don't need to understand that I, you know, need to talk to comedians and produce stuff. They're just like, no, I'm, I, I need a biscuit. Yeah, so I just throw biscuit. They are like monkeys. I just throw biscuits at them.
0: And you got to produce a show for them. Like there, nothing's going on. What have you done lately, Mom? You know, make a funny face, <laughs> dance around, get out a toy for me to play with. Yeah, I know how it is. I know how it is. Three. I just can't even. I. Well, that's how we started this conversation. <laughs> you've made you've made your bed, or maybe that's the problem. You haven't made your bed enough. You're in that thing too much.
1: No, well, it's, I clearly like producing. hay. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
1: that's go. what it is.
0: Thank yeah.
1: You.
0: Well, um, I'm trying to, th- to to look at my notes here quick and kind of think about what else. Uh, w- can you think of some other thing that? Uh, People should know if they're they're interested in uh, coming to do a festival show that we haven't covered?
1: Um, Probably not. As I said, I think just it's always hard when you're looking at something internationally because you can have a look online and you can kind of get a sense of it, but you never really – you can never really get a real sense of it until you've been there but it is good to kind of familiarize yourself as i said with the with the previous festivals um website uh and and program and and just have a look at you know read the blurbs, read, have a look at the images, um, see what people are doing, see what venues they're in, you know, even trying to map that out on a map, you know, to kind of go, oh, right, okay, that's where that venue is in, in Melbourne. Um, especially if, if you've never been to Melbourne before too, you've got no kind of context. So I'd be the same in, in going to LA, if you said, oh, there's, there's this venue, I'd be like, well, I don't, don't know where that is um so i would be talking to people that i know like yourself and other people over there going well what is that venue and you'd be able to say well no 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 no, that's terrible because of this or it's amazing because of this so trying to get some kind of local knowledge on that is probably the most important thing that you can do and I, I find that people don't do that enough um uh to kind of do that kind of research and as i said calling calling the festival emailing the festival they they will also give you that information as well so that's probably the biggest the biggest tip and then um again working out why you want to come over what's what's your reasoning is it just to try stuff in a new market is it to do stuff for meant um it's like i mean so many artists in australia want to go over to edinburgh like edinburgh the pinnacle um it it seems to it seems to fester along here that everyone does a show. It's like I'm taking it to Edinburgh, um, but Edinburgh, you know, you're looking at a minimum of ten thousand dollars. Minimum, like more like twenty thousand for Edinburgh um, to do a show. So you're risking big, big, big money uh, to do that. Um, and again, that sort of comes down to well, why are you doing it? And, and people kind of are like, well, I mean, especially coming from Australia, for this is the opposite way of. You know, and it might be the same for Americans coming over to Melbourne. It's it's that well, I, I want to get exposure. I want to um, I want to you know work a bit more on a world stage. I want to get other international producers in. I mean, you're not going to get that so much in Melbourne, but you're going to build up a, a completely different fan base. But you are going to also, as you said, meet with other international comics and other local comics as well, which are going to broaden your network. So, well, there's it- lots of factors.
0: Yeah, and you're going to have the experience of doing a show. I, I feel like the biggest eye-opener for me in, in this conversation is that is the idea that, because uh, I had sort of assumed that either the festival produced you or you had to be an entrepreneur producer yourself. You had to pony up your, your own money and pay everybody to help you, and then you were on the if-come, but you've kind of opened up this other idea that's that it may be possible for acts from... Out of Australia to connect with a producer there and and I mean you're in a position now where then you'd have to convince them to be an entrepreneur and invest in you but but that that's that's another option for overseas acts
1: oh absolutely and also sometimes too you might <clears throat> if you're thinking about it you might go okay well i'm going i'm gonna do this on my own and and come over and book a venue and, and do that but my aim in if it's the first festival you've done in Melbourne, my aim is then to find who the producers are on ground and start talking to them. And then maybe the next year you could get produced like that. That's also what can happen as well. Um, Cause I mean, we love getting, you know, we love getting people from in, in, um, internationally over as well, because it's new faces, it's new material, it's new styles. Um, it's, it's great for uh uh, the the local industry as well I mean it, it's, it's surprising it's not I mean obviously the the pendulum is all of often more more local but it's great to be able to see what other what other people are doing
0: yeah well it's a very different model I think that's what's tricky for for younger comics from here to, to, to get on board with coming over there with me it was like okay I've got a friend and he's he's offered to help me and and uh, Uh, what i want to go do is have this experience as a performer i want to go see what this is like um but it's but it's the way that gigs work in the u.s is you express an interest and the club makes you an offer if they're interested and this is how much money it is and this is how many shows you're doing and they pay for your airfare they pay for your accommodation and and it's game over and most comics kind of don't even get that uh I mean, in a sense, I shouldn't say most comics, but there are comics who don't even realize, look, if you go in and there's only 30 people in every show and you got paid X amount of dollars, then somebody is going to be a little bit disappointed and gutted about how the week went because they didn't make their money back. And and yeah, that's much more of a reality at a festival because you've, you're coming at it from another point, whether you're the whether you're the entrepreneur who's producing your own show or you're convincing someone else to do it, you know, th- you're partners with that person and you've got a stake in really t- doing your best to get as many people in as possible so that, so that it financially makes sense and also artistically makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I was talking about the producing models. Like, if you're, if you're the producer and you're taking the risk, you're going to work So damn hard (laughs) to get, you know, to get people in and 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 get it all happening. Not to say that you don't work as hard if you're doing a a, um, sort of a producing project management role, but um, like anything, if you've got something invested, you're gonna gonna have a completely different eye on it. I think, Uh, and that's why artists who are self-producing are uh, are exactly the same. So it's um, you know, and in saying that too, probably one thing that I haven't mentioned is, you know, festivals can be really can be really tough and it can be it's it's hard to get some cut through to promote your shows because there is so many shows on. Um, and if you're unknown, it's really hard to kind of go, yeah, but this is an amazing person and they're really great and trying to get, you know, trying to get that through on the media. So we had a fantastic publicist with you, um, Ben, who did a great job, um, I think, of, oh. of getting you gigs and getting you on commercial radio and TV and all sorts of things. Um, so... That kind of investment on on publicity is is sometimes worth its weight in gold because trying to especially internationally if you're trying to navigate that yourself I mean unless you've got a contact here who does publicity you're going to have almost near to no luck um, in in doing that.
0: Right, I, I was lucky. Well, and Ben was uh, is such a new good friend now too. I mean, he was he was great and he generated so many terrific. Things opportunities for me to go and be on and do while I was there to to hopefully that helped to to get people out to the show.
1: But oh, a hundred percent, it did.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was
1: yeah. You were getting more
0: publicity than a lot of locals. Well, I felt uh, I felt really happy because that would because it's also then you feel like oh well I'm doing something during the day to make this happen, and I didn't feel like I uh, obliged to go to the town hall like. A, f- a friend of mine from uh, New Zealand was, do- was doing, he goes, like, one of my skills, he said, was uh, I can, I'm really good at flyering. I can go out, hand out those flyers and sell tickets. And I didn't really try my hand at that. Although maybe I missed a, maybe I missed an experience that I should have had. But that's the other way that you can, you, you can just be on the street, kind of trying to hustle people into your show.
1: Yeah and 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 you know that does work there's a lot of flyers around the Melbourne Town Hall and and other kind of hub venues and and it works. Like you do have to hustle, but if if that's the only thing you've got in your bag and you've got hardly any marketing or, or advertising budget, but you've, you know, got the gift of the gab and you've got a good image and you're like, Hey, this is me and I'm doing this show and you can convince people, it it can work. And I've seen it work time and time again where audiences have slowly built and then they're like, Oh right, I've heard about this person. Um, just from from them literally hustling on the street for you.
0: Well, ideally what you want is what happened to Zoe Coombs-Mar, which is her show was so great and insane that everyone who saw it told everyone they knew that they had to go see it. You know, that's ideally what you want to
1: be doing. Well, that's exactly... And that, that's a dream scenario. Like we often talk about, you know, get, get some word of mouth, you know, get, get, get some good word of mouth. And that's easier said than done, you know. And and sometimes you, you just, you can't kind of, I mean, you can kind of fabricate it a little bit, but it really just comes down to the good. So in Zoe's case, like the show was just, so good and so off the wall that, as you said, people were just going, oh, my God, there, you have to go and see this show. And, and that's just a magic scenario. Like, that's the best scenario because, um, you know, by the end of her run, she was selling out and then, you know, she did extra shows in bigger venues and, you know, that's the dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was terrific. Well, listen, I'm at the point now where I'm positive that I want to come back in 2017. <laughs> I'm going into so that. I
1: completely convinced you. <laughs> yes,
0: you've convinced me. I hope that you weren't just being nice because. Uh, and we're going to hang up and go, God, no. I was meant to be polite no. to the guy. And now he's. Um, so I'm definitely convinced I'd like to come back. I've just got to uh, talk to my wife and be realistic about whether that's possible. And also, then I'm going to shoot an email to Adam because I just got an email from him a couple of days ago about this. So. Um, so i'm going to see you again it's just uh, is it going to be sooner or later that's that's what i know about Whoa.
1: me well i hope it's sooner because I, I, I was it was so awesome to meet you and you were you were great to hang out with and your show was hilarious and it's it's awesome to um see you you know strutting your stuff in 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 melbourne it's it's great and it'd be great to have you back
0: Well, it was a total pleasure. Now, before we go, do you want to plug... There is a chance that someone in Australia will listen to this. Are you producing any shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year that
1: you can talk about? My answer to that is... Well, I I still don't know. As I said, I'm I'm still in the throes of, um, you know, negotiating... um, Well, just, I guess, talking to people. So my kind of standard line to that is... I'm look. I like talking anyway, but I'm I'm more than happy to have a chat with with anyone. Um, I can give you my email address or my website where people can go and and drop me a line. And um, you know, it's it's well, just let's me. Let's do that. Let's I'm do like, that right now. Yeah, it's um, my my web my current website is my surname, which is Milky. So it's m i l k e dot com dot a u, and uh, the site's about to be. Redone and launched early October, so you might get the old site or you might get the new site. Either way, you can still drop me an email on it, um, and I'm more than happy to have a chat. You know, as I said, I'm I'm kind of no BS, so I will either sort of say, look, here are the, here's what I can do, or here's where you should go, or 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 maybe I'm interested, or or here's another person that's interested. Um, I just think it's good to. To be able to, you know, be able to talk to someone uh, and and be able to kind of ask those questions because it's hard to sometimes find those people as well. So I'm I'm always up for that. So more than happy to hear from anyone.
0: Okay, well that's great. Um, is there any? Th- well, I was trying to give you an opportunity to, to plug some artists, but it seems like you're being cagey about that. Um, <gasps>
1: I'm, I'm being ca- no, I'm being cagey because because no because completely honestly I don't know who at this stage oh, and I down, don't know yeah. no nothing's down so I I can't actually as I said everyone's um, like the registrations don't actually close for Comedy Festival until the seventeenth of uh, November so there's still a bit of time people are still deciding am I mm. well a bit like yourself am I doing a show am I not doing a show am I Am I, you know, am I leaving this one out next year? I don't know. So that's why I'm (laughs) being cagey about it because I don't know either. Um, And as I said, I've got a couple of other um, bigger uh, performing arts shows um, before comedy festivals. So I've also um, got to work out whether they are, you know, how much time they're taking up because what I have learnt too about working for myself and working with, you know, and having kids as well, it's like I can't overcommit. That's my biggest thing at the moment. I can't overcommit. I've only got a finite amount of time, and, and I've got to use it wisely.
0: Yeah, and you have to get your four hours of sleep a night. <laughs> it seems like that's Look, what you Look, if you're I could get four now.
1: hours consecutive sleep
0: a night, oh my I, that would be amazing. When you texted me back at 4.30 Australia time, I was like, <laughs> this is the person who I want in charge of my show. <laughs>
1: She's on it. I often say <laughs> I do often say to the clients when I take them on, it's like, okay, just first thing I've got to say to tell you is, I will be emailing you at very, very odd times, please do not think that I am up." You know, till four AM, working and doing all this stuff. It's just I grab opportunities where and when I can see them. So if I've got an idea, or I can reply back to a text message, or I can shoot you an email. I will do it then and there, because if I wait, it will never happen. So, you know, I could just play the card of yeah, I'm working all the time, and you know, but I won't. Well,
0: <laughs> well, you've been working now with on this for a while. So let me say, I, here's what we can do. I can say thank you to you for being on the show and then you can say whatever you say and then i can stop recording and then we can have a wee visit just in private as human beings for a second so hey laura yeah sure thank you so much for being on I, I i really appreciate that you were willing to do this and i and i hope people listening um got as much out of this as i did
1: yeah, great. Um, my my absolute pleasure. And as I said, I hope I've given a little bit of insight into into what it's like. And if anyone's got any questions, by all means, you know, drop me an email. But um, yeah, look it's 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 a it's a really fun playground to to come and play, to come and try some stuff, to to see and meet new audiences, and also I guess expand your network as a comic as well. I think that's probably one of the most important things, and you'll get a lot out of it.
0: Yeah, it's a good time if you're a people person and you want to meet some new people. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna say thanks and push the stop button. Okay. So that uh, so that was uh, that was Laura uh, Milky Garner. Who produced my show? And I should have said this in the introduction. She is a producer of over 18 years in the performing arts and festivals around Australia. So she knows what she's talking about. I'm, I'm sure it sounded like she knows what she's talking about, and that's because she does. Uh, so visit her website, this artist bootcamp. Uh, if you just Google her, um, you'll wind up seeing that, and you, you can read a little bit more about her. Um, that was great, and it was great to talk to her and I hope you enjoyed it i real- i realized as I was listening to it a little bit while I was playing here that uh I got the years wrong at the beginning of this episode. I was in Australia in two thousand sixteen, and I'm thinking about going back in two thousand seventeen uh I was not there in two thousand fifteen, and uh oh, anyway. It's those kind of little things that can really make you, get you down. But not down enough to re-record that beginning thing. Do you know? It takes a long... I don't know if you realize the way that this all... Well, of course you don't. Why should you? Why should you have to know how this all gets put together? Why should you have to know how the sausage gets made? We're on the same team, and we each have our positions to play. And I'm trying to record this thing, and you're trying to listen to it. So I got the years wrong, but I hope that didn't throw you. I hope you didn't think, what the hell? Is this some kind of old, rehashed conversation? No fresh, fresh, fresh and hot. And so if you're thinking about going to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, get your, uh, get your intent, express your intent first to yourself and then to them. And, uh, Hey, thank you for listening. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Uh, and also, uh, speaking of giving up, I listened to the presidential debates and I know that a lot of people watch that and listen to it. And, and then and then, I've had conversations with people and i've listened to them talking about it on t v and just let's try and remember the only reason that we're watching or listening to that is because it's we find it entertaining uh, i I think you know, no matter which side you're on and of course we all know which side we're on um you can get really mad you can get really mad or you can get depressed or you can get freaked out and uh, we, we're just we're just a tiny we're just our tiny voice and we're doing our best and we're all on the same team we're on the same team there are people on that other team <laughs> and, uh, let's try and let's try and be sportsmanlike in spite of however they are uh so um give yourself a high five this was a good game thank you for listening and i will uh i will listen to you well, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. I'll listen to you. I'll see you at the nightclub. How about that? Get up. Get up. Sit down. Kneel. Put your ass into it. I also just want to say <laughs> thank you to my friend Adam Hills for actually producing my show in Melbourne and and putting me in touch with Laura because Adam was busy with his own career and so that's the reason that Laura was helping out but it's really it's really Adam that uh, that made that dream come true for me in terms of his his power and his will and his friendship and his kindness and i'm not saying that to take anything away from laura i'm just saying that because uh i want i I feel like telling the truth is important to you and me and to us that's who we are don't forget